So welcome to Missing Bits. Today we have uh, Jamie Manning and I'm honoured to speak to him. Jamie is 43 and happily married with three kids. Jamie became an amputee after a serious accident in 2014. Since his recovery, Jamie has been an inspiration to a lot of people and I've been very much looking forward to getting to know him better. Jamie is also on our National Council. Hi Jamie and welcome. How's, how's things today? Hi Gary, how are you going? Well mate, keeping busy in a bit of the sun. <laughs> bit sunny up there? Yeah, it's lovely. It's uh, lacking a bit of rain, but the weather's nice anyway at least. Some rain on the horizon maybe? Um, doesn't look like at this stage, Gary, but uh, we can only hope. Yeah. The phone is going to be tough up this way. Yeah, we got we got some good rain down in Melbourne last night, but I don't think that's going to help you. <laughs> now, as long as you can grow some hay for us, we can feed our cattle. <laughs> so, how'd you get the nickname Dodge? Um, when I was seven, I used to play football, rugby league, and pretty known for dodging opponents and. Yeah, that was, that's where that came from. My grandfather actually named me that. Fair enough. Who do you support? So no, it's nothing, it's nothing criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you support in the um, rugby league? Uh, I have to be the Sharks, wouldn't it? Oh dear me, we're get, we're going to have trouble then. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, I, I'd say we will this weekend, won't we? Yep, yep, yep. Friday night, Melbourne Storm. Uh, uh, well, good luck to you. And to you. <laughs> so, wh- where did you grow up? Thank you. Um, I grew up in Scone in the Hunter Valley. Um, nice. So, heading towards the East Coast, New South Wales. Um, grew up there in town, played sports all my life. Um, and then went away to college at 16, or 15 year old, nearly 16. And then went back to home after that. I sort of, from there went. Went out working, went rodeoing yep. uh, for 20 years, and then that was prior to my accident. Yep, cool. What type of kid were you? Uh, of course, I was a good kid. Of Loved course school, you were. like every kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't a bad kid. But the, um, passionate about sport. Right. So school always took the second stand. Yeah, that pretty much sounds like me. Yeah. School was something <laughs> I had to do during life. the week before the weekend when the sport was on. Yeah, that's it. Gave you something to do, to do what there was no sports on, didn't it? Yep, yep. It was just a break in between. When I was at school, I didn't have to yeah, do training. <laughs> yeah. And what type, what type of student were you? Were you okay or did you just manage through? Yeah, I was... I was... Um, I guess I'm average, above average. I, I didn't study, um, but I always had good marks. I was in, in the higher classes. But no, I, um, actually, funny enough, no, I excelled at um, woodwork, metalwork, anything involved hands. Yep. Um, I must have been too good because they decided to cut one off later on in there, <laughs> trying to make it a bit even. <laughs> trying to even the score up a bit. <laughs> Oh, dear me. What about, what about after you left school? What did you do after that? Um, when I left school, like I said, I went to ag college for two years and then went out uh, working on farms, um, mustering cattle, 
uh, all animal, animal husbandry, uh, driving tractors, and then I did that for about four years until I went out working on my own. At about 21, 22 year old, um, I was a fencer, contract fencer, contract musterer, and had a little bobcat business going. Very nice. And then rodeoed when I didn't have to go to work and travelled the world rodeoing for a few years. Wow, we. That, that looks like something yeah. I would not do. Yeah, you say that, but um, it's not so much, like, obviously I'm going to fill out of riding bulls, but it was the travelling, the people you met on the way, the, just the places I saw, you know. Yeah. I travelled America, I travelled into New Caledonia and, uh, and Vanuatu, and without without that in my life, I, I wouldn't have seen those countries. Yeah, true enough. Where did you meet your wife? At Ag College. Um, I was at, I must have been 17 year old. And she, she had me trapped ever since. <laughs> Wouldn't let me go. <laughs> Don't forget she'll hear <laughs> this at some point. Myself, my, yeah, maybe I didn't let, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't let her go. <laughs> you did catch. That was my paper over the years, I'll tell you. Yeah, 25 years we've been together. Nice. How did having kids change yeah. your life? Um, not that much until now. I'm a bit cranky because <laughs> the kids are getting, getting at that, that I know stage and Dad doesn't know anything. Yeah. Around that 16, 17-year-old, the oldest fella. But um, no, I mean, it, it's good. We, we're, we're a happy family. Um, we're doing it for each other. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't think it changes that much. I, I mean, I've always always worked, worked seven days a week pretty much all my life. And um, so I was always prepared to provide for the family. Yep, I, I used to tell my kids that um, I, I was amazing that I'd lived for so long knowing as little as I seem to. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that comes around, doesn't it? Yeah. So tell us about yeah. 2014. There was a bit of an accident. 2014, I was travelling home from work um, and had it involved in an accident with a truck and I collided with a tree. Um, and in that, in the collision, I was trapped in the car, the, the motor sitting in my lap, the car called Light, and I was pretty much fighting for life. Um, a stage where I hadn't given up, but I, I wasn't looking, it was looking quite, quite green, really. Yeah. Um, a fella came along with his, with his wife or his partner, and he managed to pull me out, must my amazement, like he was a 120-kilo man. Um, he actually dislocated my hip, pulling me out. He pulled that hard. Wow, um, Yeah, so I, was, uh, I actually said to him, I said, mate, you know, you better leave me here because this car's going to blow up and, and you'll die with me. Yeah. He said, no, so I'm not doing that. And something I'll never, I'll never ever forget, and I own the rest of my life, you know. Um, but due, due to the accident with the, the burns, obviously you're going to get burnt. Um, the infections of that, the chance of infections of that great, I had to amputate the leg. 
and my right, fingers on my left hand. So I became a double amputee. Sure. That would have been quite a long recovery, I imagine. Um, not really. Like um, I got out of it happened on the twenty seventh of of April, so staying getting towards the start of March. Uh, sorry, May. Um, and I was told I maybe would be able to get out of hospital for a week over Christmas and then back in the hospital or rehab. But um, I haven't been known to stay in hospital too long. Um, and had the, had the desire to get, just to get home back. Well, my family was with, with me all the time down there, but to get back to family life. Sure. Um, so I actually, I was only in there five months. I got home on the 1st uh, of August, the horse's birthday. So I just had that desire and that passion to get home. It's amazing, amazing the amount of um, the people I've spoken to who have been through trauma and stuff, and they they just about to a to a man or to a woman they they get out of hospital way before people expect them to. Yeah, I guess saying that too. Um, the doctors may try and tell us the worst, you know, um, and then if it looks like we we can get out of there quicker. Um, you, 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 you go out in the in the world again with a with a more positive attitude. You know, I've, I've smashed the doctor's expectations, and that gives that little bit of drive to, to to succeed more in life. Sure. I I I think personally that um, we're as amputees, we're pretty remarkable people, and and we beat everyone's expectations continuously, and it seems to be something that the whole yeah. community take takes on board. Yep. Yeah. I uh, actually saying that the worst thing that anyone can tell me is oh, I feel sorry for you or are oh, you poor bugger. Yeah. I don't know how you can live like that. Uh, it's like sure I can see how you're saying that, but um, until you're in, in these shoes, you get this different perspective of life where it's a little thing in life you appreciate so much. Yep. Um, anything you, you can achieve that people think you can't, it's so much more rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how was how was rehab? Was that hard? I was uh, yeah, it was pretty hard. I was in there for two and a half weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Another record broken. I was in there the first week, and yeah, I was in there the first week, and I hadn't. They wouldn't take me to the gym to get my strength back. Um, the first week was to settle in and get to know the routine, and my whole mindset was just I'm in here to get better and to get home not to, to, to settle in and then get home yeah so like I said I haven't been very well known to stay in hospital I signed out two and a half weeks later and said no I'll go and find help somewhere else yeah fair enough so I went home and found a physio at home how, how important was the support that you had particularly from your wife oh mate it's very important um I think even a couple of times the doctors told my wife while I was in hospital in intensive care over the first week or two, um, Joni may not be here in the morning, expect expect the worst. And she said, no, no way in the world. You don't know, Joni. He'll be here in the morning when I come and see him. Um, and they're not even that. It's my family and friends, the support I got. And when I was talking about being involved in radio, the radio community rallied behind me. Um, they... Had a fundraiser which 
ways of getting money to help us keep our uh, make our house payments. Otherwise, we would have lost that without an income. Yeah, sure. That's it. support is just so so essential, you know, for anyone, anybody to get better. Yep. Did you about that time find limbs for life, or did they find you? Yeah, going through rehab, I was driven to get get home because of the people that were around me couldn't handle the situation they were in. And from that, I thought these people need help. Um, what organisations are out there that help these people? Um, well, people like me, but I didn't, I didn't see it that I needed help. But from that, I ended up linking up with Limbs for Life and um, just wanted to give back and try and help those people that had trouble coping. Yeah, for sure. So what did people tell you that there might be things that you wouldn't be able to do? Get back to work was one thing. Yep. Um, wouldn't be able to ride a horse was another thing. And this is going, telling somebody that's been on horses most of their life to say, no, you won't be able to ride a horse ever again. Um, there's no way I was ever going to accept that. Sure. So, yeah, that was uh, even... They, the doctor didn't think my life would be worth living. I had, I had a pretty bad brain injury. Um, and from that, they didn't think I'd walk or talk again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's more more subconscious to say that, you know, someone's saying you can't do something and to, to overcome that. But, um, yeah, there's lots of things people say you can't do. Or, But that's I, I get a lot of, lot, of, lot of drive and passion out of proving them wrong. Sure without sounding arrogant about it. I don't think that's arrogant at all, mate. No. Gr growing up, because um, I, I had my foot off when I was five, and growing oh, up I was in a, the totally opposite end of it. There was no one told me what I couldn't do. So I tried to do everything, yeah. and it wasn't until I was about late teens, 16, 17, that people started to mention things that I might not be able to do, and I thought, well, I've done everything else. Why can't I do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And it's only a matter of, you know, yourself. It's only a matter of, and that many people can tell you how to do something. Yeah. If not in your situation, but until you're in that situation, you've got to work it out yourself. For sure. And it's, isn't it, it's so satisfying, isn't it, to be able to work it out yourself? Oh, I agree. I agree. I love, I love doing things that people don't think I'd be able to. Yep. Yep. But what lesson did you learn about not having a leg? Um, well, one thing I've learned is <laughs> a pair of socks can last me two days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they can. Or... <laughs> yes, but um, I mean, I'm being above me amputation. Obviously, I haven't got the balance that um, below below me amputations have. Yep. Um, but it, we 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 manage. Um, I'd, I'd certainly like to get back to running again, but. I actually haven't got time to learn how to run again. Sure. Just busy with getting on with life at the minute. Yep. And you, say, yeah. you sound like someone yeah. who can turn negatives into positives over and over and over. Well, I think we've got to, to survive in life. Um, why dwell on the, the negatives? Sure. Uh, I mean, I've always been that way in life too. Like, you know, you go strap your hand in a thousand kilo bull and um, that bull doesn't want you to ride him and you've got to have a positive attitude. Yep. For sure. I mean, that, that goes with goes with a lot of things in life. 
to, to tell yourself you can't do something, there's no way you're going to do it, is there? That's right. So I, can't, I have to I have to ask you about the big ride. The big ride. Yeah. It was um, after being in hospital. I mean, my wife was with me all the time except for about two days. My kids were with me probably three quarters of the time I was in hospital. But we weren't together as such. Like uh, I don't see them morning and night, and then during the day and overnight I was sort of uh, on my own, and I felt that need to get back spend time with the family as quickly as we could. So we decided to load some horses on the on the truck and drive six hundred Ks from home and as a family ride back back home again. Um and then Karen had the idea how about we do it for for um an organisation like Limbs for Life and raise money to give back to the people that need it. Um and then from that channel Channel Nine came on board with us. Yep. Yeah. So it was it was, it was a great time we had together and just getting away from life. No TVs, no internet. <laughs> the kids, the kids best best time I ever spent with the kids. No, no computers and iPads and just puts you back to that um, old fashioned living type thing. Sure. So you didn't yeah. muck around. You didn't say we'll go ten k's. We'll go six hundred. <laughs> I had to go far enough that I had to had to achieve my my um my goal. Sure. Long, sure. Walk, long walk on foot otherwise. How hard but was it? Was yeah, it was um if I say it was easy I'd be lying. It was I got about actually the first day I thought, shit, what have I done here? It's um this is pretty pretty painful, especially I had ridden a horse for, for um for two years or eighteen months since. I've been yeah, since the accident. Yeah. Um, and halfway through, I actually thought, geez, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And Karen sort of looked at me and laughed. She said, no, nah, you, you've got to do it. Come on, get up and do it. And from there, I sort of um, had that, and had, had, had it in my head of, of what I was doing it for and who I was doing it for and, you know, help others and yeah. give a bit of inspiration and let people realise that, it doesn't matter what situation when you situation you're in, you can uh, make the most of it. Sure. Yeah. What's What's next for Jamie? Um. Well, I've got a few things in the pipeline of uh, to do with horse riding. Sure. Set a little Set a little goal there. Um. Just learning a different different type of horse riding. Uh, actually called reining. Which is a, a, a dressage type event. It's a, a cowboy dressage, western western dressage. Um, something I've, I know nothing about, and I'd like to learn that and um, see where we go from there. Cool. It sounds like you plan on keeping busy. Yes, got to keep busy. <laughs> so I've been, I've, everyone I've been to. talking to, I've been asking them for a little bit of um, a words of wisdom or or a life motto, something that gets you through the dark times. Um, and um, I'm just reminding people that um, this could be going out to amputees across Australia, possibly even the world, um, and to non-amputees because it'll be available to everyone. So if there was someone, yeah. some something you could say to someone that meant something to them and, and got them on their journey, what would it be? I'd definitely say you've got to. It's not about the, it's not about where you want to be. It's about the journey. 
Um, sure. Enjoy the journey you're on to get to get to where you want to be. Yep. That's the that's it's the little things in life, you know, that you've got to learn to appreciate. Very wise words. So thank you so much for your time and your honesty. Um, I know you're a busy man, and to take half an hour or three quarters of an hour out of your day is is a big ask sometimes. So thank you so much um, to everyone out there who, wherever you're listening, please rate us, please subscribe, download if you wish. Jamie, I want to thank you so much, and I hope um, we can catch up in Canberra next year. That sounds good, Gary. Look forward to it. Cheers, mate. Have a great day. Okay, mate. See you. Bye.